So this is an interesting clip of Sloppy Steve Bannon. Remember Sloppy Steve? Part of Trump's uh, inner circle for a number of years. And this will really make you wonder, oh my God, what was the the whole situation there? And, and what was he doing giving advice to the president when you hear his logic in this argument? So what he's trying to do is he's trying to cast some doubt. He's trying to make... Obama and Biden look bad, and at the same time, he's trying to make Trump look good, right? I mean, this is what the guy does. So have a listen to this. This is sloppy Steve Bannon. But I want to make sure we put this in in American economic history. When Obama, in the financial crash of 2008, Obama's solution and Biden's solution was to jacketate the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve from $880 billion to $4.5 trillion. Okay, we just got to stop there because as everybody knows... The president doesn't have any control, no matter who the president is. He has no control over the Federal Reserve policy. And he's talking about the quantitative easing that was done to bring the United States out of the Great Recession, you know, back in 2008. Um, And essentially, quantitative easing, and I mean, he can Google this. I mean, it's out there. Quantitative easing is not inflationary. It's not printing money. It's an asset swap. So what the Federal Reserve is doing, basically, is they were buying securities from member banks, and they were giving them cash. So they were taking in the securities, they were giving the banks cash, and now that the banks had the cash, the idea was that they could loan money out, right? It's a swap. It's not printing money. To basically blow up the asset classes at the detriment of, of, of the little guy. What is he okay? talking about? And the about? governor of the, of the Dallas Fed in those minutes said, we're going to destroy the working class in this country if we do this. That's why he had the greatest concentration of wealth ever during a, supposedly the most progressive president had the greatest concentration of wealth ever during the Obama years. What Steve Cortez said is right in 2019. In the lead up to that years, from the time when Donald Trump put his hand on the Bible and took the oath of office, on 20 January of 2017. Yes, on that fateful day. The balance sheet of the Federal Reserve, $4.5 trillion. We've been doing quantitative easing, essentially printing money. No. Donald Trump in that first year, first 18 months, took $900 billion off of that balance sheet. He took he took the steam out of <laughs> the, these kind of boom and bust cycles oh, we had. Oh, come on. He had this growth, in the and Navarro and the team around Trump laid the predicates <laughs> for growth. Not... That's a bunch of BS, folks. The president has no control over what the what the Federal Reserve does. And, it, and it's questionable as to whether or not the president can even fire the Federal Reserve chairman. He can do it for cause, but he doesn't have a lot of control over what the Fed does. And, and Bannon's making it seem like, man, he just rejigged the whole situation and quantitative easing is just printing money. I mean, who listens to Steve Bannon? I mean, really? And then he's got Peter Navarro sitting right there who's nothing more than a glorified vacuum cleaner salesman. Just the tax cut, not just the deregulation, but across everywhere. Buy American, tariffs with China, immigration policy, restrictive immigration. Yeah, remember that immigration policy, the separations, the, the children that were separated from their parents? I don't think they've actually completed the puzzle of putting them back together again yet. I mean, that's nothing to, you know, to scream about, you know, in an enthusiastic way. That's not a positive, you know, of his presidency. That's, that was terrible what happened there, folks. 
integration policy so workers at the lowest didn't have to compete and in Silicon Valley. On top of that, which he never gets... I don't know if you heard that, but he said the immigration policy so workers did not have to compete. I mean, we've got a situation now where we're looking for workers, folks. I mean, they can't find enough workers. So what is his argument about the fact that this great immigration policy that separated children from their parents so that American workers would not have to compete? I mean, we need, none of it makes any sense. I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, scrambling. They'll do anything for workers right now. And that argument that he just made is pathetic. Sloppy Steve. That's, that's where he gets it from. It praises for he did not revert to the same thing that Biden. This is why we're in dangerous territory right now. Biden's fiscal and monetary stimulus is the most reckless thing in American history. You no, know who's going to pay for that? The workers. Trump did heroic work. Wrong. Part of it was God. to, to de- take the air out of the bubble of the asset what? class explosion, right? No, none of that, none of that happened. None of that happened. I mean, at the end of the day, folks, the only thing that he's left with, and I think you'll get to it here in a second, is the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017. And I mean, that's nothing to rave about, for God's sakes. I mean, that, that the whole thing, the whole premise of that tax cut was trickled down. It was supposed to trickle down to the middle class and the poor. Of course, that didn't happen. And really have it start to grow with real organic growth. When you look at his economic plan and the tough decisions, the anti-Wall Street decisions yeah, name that had one. to be made by Donald Trump that led to the golden year of 2019, and to see the policies that Cortez and Navarre have just talked about, that they have sown the wind, what? and the American worker is going to reap the whirlwind. And this is why they sit up here on this TV and talk about these, oh, you're anti- we're so mature. So it's BS. These, this plan that they've got before us today one on funding the government and these uh, trillion to trillion and a half de- dollar deficits annually, plus this madness that they're trying to come and God. saying, oh, this is for the workers. This is going to take people from being Russian serfs to now debt slavery. You're going to be totally controlled by the global capital markets, okay? Yeah, the prove whim it. of the global capital markets. Really? At a time when you've got reckless, feckless leadership and dangerous leadership financially and economically. Okay, so we're going to be at the whim of the global capital markets. So what he's intonating, I guess, or suggesting there, folks, is that because we're reliant on other countries to purchase securities in addition to everybody in the United States purchasing U.S. Treasury bonds and treasuries, all this kind of stuff, um, that... If the economy takes a nosedive because of this reckless policy that Biden's pushing right now, you know, to help people and and let Medicare negotiate drug prices, you know, that one, the infrastructure bill, because of all that, we're going to take a nosedive, he seems to think, and that's going to make, it's going to create mayhem on the capital markets because they're not going to want to buy our bonds. I mean, is that where you're going with this, Steve? Let's just pick China for a second, folks. And I I don't want to go off on a diatribe here about this, but China has been a net exporter in a big way since 1985, right? So they export products over here. They're in Walmart all over the freaking place. We pay them in U.S. dollars, right? 
you know, the producers over in China. So the producers are stuck with all these U.S. dollars. What do they do? They need to pay their staff and they need to buy more products and do things that companies do, right? So they take the U.S. dollars and they sell them and they want to buy uh, renminbi, you know, their, their currency. They want to, so they sell dollars and they buy that. And normally that would depress the value of the U.S. dollar so that the dynamic of them always having a cheaper currency would not be in effect. You know, ultimately, with that sort of trade surplus, normally the dollar would fall and our products would look more cheaper on the world market. Well, that hasn't happened because, guess what? The People's Bank of China, the Chinese Central Bank, when they need, when the exporters get the dollars for the products that they export over here, when we pay them in dollars, and they go to the market and sell, you know who buys those U.S. dollars? The People's Bank of China. That doesn't go to the open market. The People's Bank of China is sitting on some $3 trillion of U.S. dollars, probably more. That was in June of 2020, according to Reuters. So the People's Bank of China buys the dollars and they give them renminbi so that they can pay their, you know, the, the Chinese employees and all that kind of stuff so they they keep that market artificially high so they keep their currency low and that's how it happens they're buying up the currency and just putting it in their treasury so what do they do with that money they've got to spend it somewhere right so what they do is they go to our treasury bonds and they buy those and they buy other things and we're the best game in town i mean that's why they do that and Folks, they will continue, that whole model will continue that way, um, unabated, as long as they continue to export more than they take in, which has been happening since 1985. They're going to have to take those dollars and invest them someplace, right? So um, I don't buy that argument either, Steve Bannon, you know, that it's going to cause mayhem on the capital markets. So, folks, this is what he's piping out to people, and this is what they're believing. I mean, everybody can Google stuff. I get that. But your average Bannon listener, your average guy who sends $20 a month to the Trump Save America pack, they're not going to do this kind of stuff. They're not going to Google this stuff. They're just going to believe it. It's insane. They just gobble it up. They have no minds of their own. Steve Bannon, Sloppy Steve, is... They're, I don't know, he's hes their, their main guy. This is where they get the information. This is like their, the, he's trying to be the new Rush Limbaugh, folks, is what he's trying to do. He's trying to be the new Rush Limbaugh. And he just wants people to believe. He doesn't want you to Google anything because you'll, like I just explained, you'll get all the truth and it just makes everything just fall apart. So I'm going to start following Sloppy Steve here a little bit more closely, folks, because... You know, if folks are listening to this guy, we're in trouble. Till next time.